and welcome to The Dirt in association with Envy. We're the podcast that roots out stigma around imperfect veg. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm George, Grow Your Own's content writer. Later in the show, we'll be discussing the latest garden news and answering some reader questions with the help of growing expert, Danny. Now, though, we're joined by another up-and-coming grower, Adam Barnes. Adam has travelled the world with the British Army and now he's taken up growing, too. Using his Instagram account, Para on the Plot, Adam has documented his allotment lessons and hopes to help others learn as he does. Welcome, Adam. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Good. And um, how are things on your allotment? Have you had um, some of this much-needed rain that we've got here? Literally last night it started. So... um, I've been waiting for ages for the mm. rain. I've literally been using the water butt at the allotment yeah. to water everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I've got none in my water butt at the moment. So so hopefully it gives it an extra boost. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. I think it's um it's been quite a good a good mixture for the plants lately, hasn't it? A lot of sun and then a lot of rain. Hopefully that'll hopefully that'll make all the plants really happy. Yeah. Especially with it being like it's, it's still twenty degrees Celsius here. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully with the, the rain and the heat, things will boost. Mm. Yeah. Um, so to kick off, we always like to start with the nice questions. Um, so would you be able to tell us a bit about some of your biggest gardening successes since you've been growing your own? Yes. Um, so recently I've been starting to um, harvest my broad beans. Mm. Those, my broad beans have gone massive. Mm. Um, I've got about 20 plants. I've harvested two and I had to share them all out with friends and family because I can't eat them myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm either going to make lots of friends by giving them out or get sick of eating broad beans. (laughs) (laughs) That's often the way at certain points in the season. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then my aubergines, they're doing really well at the moment. I'm pleased with them because I've I've grown them from seed. They've been in the house for months. Mm. I've put them in the greenhouse now and they're they're flourishing. They're doing really well, Mm. starting to flower and whatnot. So I'd say they're probably my two biggest successes. Fantastic. Yeah. And are they they both um, crops that you've grown before or is it um, your first year with either of them? They're they're my first year with both of them. Mm. Before I got the allotment, I had a... um, a one meter by one meter raised bed in yeah. the back garden. Yeah. So I'd I'd kind of stick to onions, carrots, stuff like that, basically like easy stuff. Yeah. Um. So now now I've got the allotment, I can branch out. So near enough, quite a lot of the stuff I'm I'm growing for the first time, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's re- there's something really exciting about that, though, isn't there? And I think however long you've been growing, there'll always be something new to new to trial. And I think um. It's one of those things where it's good because you feel like you're always learning something new. Yeah, mm. Mm, definitely. I did the same thing this year. I did aubergines for the first time. I know it's a um, not a, a wacky one, is it? But I've just been been growing those for the first time as well, and they've, it's a really nice. Uh, it's a satisfying one, isn't it? The the plants have got really big and sort of bushed out, and um, they're starting to, to fruit up now as well. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's the leaves. The leaves are so big and broad, it just looks yeah. impressive, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and also the fact that you actually get to harvest them at this point, it's so nice because you're sort of 
eagerly waiting for everything else. So yeah. it's really mm. nice to be able to actually bring something in from the garden. And as you say, share with family and friends. That's always another another benefit of it. Definitely. They, they certainly love it. Yeah. I think we always <laughs> joke, though, apart from um, once the courgettes start coming in and then you have all your neighbours shutting their curtains as they see you coming. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you should mention that last year when I first got the allotment, the um, the amount of neighbours that would drop off courgettes outside the shed or as they were passing, throw you two or three. Is I I had courgettes coming out my ears. <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn to get really creative in the kitchen. Yeah. Um. So looking at the other side of the coin when growing your own would you be able to tell us about any of the things that perhaps haven't gone so well any fails on the plot any funny mishaps or anything like that um i think my most recent fail is probably my cooker melons mm. i've been looking forward to growing them for months i've been raising them in the spare bedroom trying to take as much care of them as possible stuck them in the ground within two days they were all dried up and died oh no i was absolutely gutted um luckily i've been to a, a local nursery mm. and i've managed to to buy the actual pl- established pan- plants that they sell yeah and uh, i've stuck more in yeah. so hopefully they'll come for, come to something but it, i really wanted to grow them from seed yeah i remember you mentioning those obviously your garden featured it uh in the July issue, yeah, and I was saying, uh, we, but it was a while back we spoke, wasn't it? And I said, "What, what you're looking forward to growing?" And it was the cucumelons. So I'm, yeah. I'm gutted for you there that that <laughs> those I haven't know. worked out. It's so much. I, I don't know. It, it probably wasn't so, as much effort as I probably think I did. <laughs> yeah, but um, it felt like a lot of effort to kind of mm. raise them and then to stick them in the ground, and a week later have nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, hugely disappointing um so do you know what um what it was that went wrong there or is it um just one of those one of those garden mysteries i'm not too sure i i hardened them off for for a week a week and a half um put them in the ground and they just crisped up so i'm assuming that the weather was too dry either mm. i didn't put um i didn't put any fertilizer in with them mm. so maybe that was a maybe that was an issue maybe the water was was sifting straight through um but I've I've put a bit of compost in with them now and they seem to be they seem to they they haven't died so that's yeah. a good thing <laughs> fingers crossed I think that's one of the strangest things about growing your own is that sometimes things happen like that but you can never judge what it's going to be every year it will be something different that you know dies as soon as you plant it out and then something different that grows absolutely incredibly and you sort of find yourself thinking mm. oh yeah I'm really good at growing this now and then next year it will be it will be a different thing for seemingly no reason at all mm. yeah my uh, my broad beans that have done really well as I was saying um some of my plot neighbors they 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 haven't got any beans on their their broad beans oh really for some reason I'm not too sure but and it's literally the plot next to me Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, theirs have come to nothing and mine have flourished and I can't eat enough yeah oh that's really strange because you'd imagine that being right next door the conditions would be identical exactly so. wouldn't you Ex- yeah oh, that's <laughs> one of the many mysteries of growing your own fruit and veg um so we were just wondering if you've come across any sort of tips or hacks or time or money saving um 
money-saving tips that you'd be able to tell us about? Um, probably my, my main one is Facebook, Facebook Marketplace. Mm. It's absolutely incredible. Nearly everything I've got on my allotment and plot, I've got either free or for a very small charge off Facebook. Mm. Um, I've used um, roofing tiles for my beds. Oh, yeah. And they were they were completely free. I found on Facebook someone had taken down um, some of their roof tiles off their extension mm. and they were just stacked up in their back garden and they wanted to get rid of them so they, they gave them away for free. I managed to get them and I've managed to make four separate beds um, with them and others and I've still got spares so I might even extend and make the beds bigger. Um, that's a good idea. Oh, that's great. Are they in a little sort of frame or did you like dig them in? I dug them in so halfway so mm. they're probably roughly about 40 centimetres wide and uh, I've dug them halfway in so I've got a bit sticking up and a bit underground so they're um, hopefully it'll stop the weeds from coming underneath. Yeah, good idea. And it means I, I can strim a lot around the edge better. Yeah. I imagine they're really sturdy as well. Yeah, yeah. Um Every now and again, there's one that's slightly loose, but I just stamp the ground around it, and it it, it um, stuffs back in, mm. I suppose. Um, so do you find that since you've had your allotment, it's making you look more creatively at various household or sort of any items? Because I think the reusing and repurposing thing is, is so big for the gardeners that it makes you a little bit more creative with what you see when you look at things. Absolutely. Uh, you can't walk past a, a skip without looking in. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see someone having work done on their house and instantly you think, oh, I wonder if I just knock on their door, could I have that bit of wood or could I have whatever they're trying to chuck away? Yeah. yeah. I always remember that I saw um, on Alice Fowler's old TV series, um, The Edible Garden, when she salvaged some really beautiful windows and turned them into a, a little sort of greenhouse in her garden and I just thought oh it's so beautiful and so unusual and there's just something so lovely about creating a useful thing from something that someone else views as rubbish definitely yeah definitely so we always like to finish off on the big takeaway so would you be able to tell us what you would say is the biggest lesson that you've learned since you've been growing your own? Um, so biggest lesson. Last year when I was digging my beds, so last year I used as like a um, preparation year. Mm. I didn't grow very much. Um, I grew some potatoes and I stuck some butternut squashes in far mm. too late. So they didn't, they didn't end up coming to anything. Mm. But pretty much just preparing for this year. Um mm. When I did that, when I was digging the beds, I didn't think at all about bindweed. Oh. Um, so this year, my main priority in autumn will be to remove as much bindweed as possible. Mm -hmm. When I've dug it up, I've essentially spread it. Um, luckily, out of four beds, I've only got one bed that's absolutely taken over by it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's my biggest lesson really is if I see it get it yeah and um, when you took your allotment on had it um previously been tended or was it basically wild at that point it was wild at that point um mm. when I spoke to my plot neighbors they said that it hadn't been worked for at least six years oh goodness so it was it had fully recovered 
Um, mm. And also down in Essex, the heat we get, that it, especially being as I started digging in the summer, yeah, it was it was like an African plain. It was <laughs> absolutely solid. Mm. Yeah. So did you find that? Um, did you find the absolute blank slate sort of start absolutely from scratch? Did you find that? exciting or overwhelming or a little bit of both <laughs> completely excited my problem is i love to see change um yeah i like making things out of scrap i like because i like to see what that on the that on the floor there that pile of useless stuff can become mm. and that's what i've loved about make, doing this allotment is um seeing a field transform into exactly what was in my head mm. yeah yeah and um, that's that's the the best part i think about having this allotment is is seeing my ideas come to life and to fruition and working it's working <laughs> mm. yeah yeah it must make you so proud when you look at it and think what it was like when you first started and as you say the the transformation i think on allotment spaces it can be really really mind-blowing the transformation content yeah when i um i was looking through pictures last night and the the first picture i posted on instagram was a picture of where the grass was and it was literally up to my chest all over um the shed that i've got now it was on its side and it was rotting because mm. obviously it was being rained inside um and then i looked to what it looks like now and it's it's unrecognizable mm. completely. I took a picture, I took a picture the other night in sunset and it, it's, it's, it's beautiful now. Mm. I, I, well, I think anyway, other people might think differently, but it's exactly what was in my head and I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Yeah. Um, so saying that you had the, had what you wanted it to be like in your head, are you, a planner when it comes to allotment stuff like do you go in knowing what you're going to do first or do you just sort of go with the flow i'm a i'm a planner a complete and utter planner mm. i uh walked around the the allotment site and i looked at almost every single plot mm. in <laughs> quite in detail and if, if anyone had any wildlife cameras i apologize for standing on your plot too long <laughs> <laughs> uh, or ne next to your plot too long but i found one that was which which looked to me exactly how I'd want an allotment plot, mm. and I've kind of I I loosely based it off of off of someone else's idea, mm. um, but then I did my own bits and the, my main my main focus was to get the the four beds done so I could start crop rotating yeah, um, and then once I'd got that bit done then I could make it look nice as well. <laughs> Which is the idea. Mm. Yeah. And then also making it into a lovely space to spend time in outside and just get away from everyday life a little bit. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We've um we managed to make a little seating area next to our shed with which we've barked over. Um we we got a little table and chairs off of Facebook mm -hmm. and we managed to sit out there. I wouldn't say most evenings, but some evenings. Yeah. We uh we like it's sometimes it's too hot to sit there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the worst problems to have. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose <laughs> could be too wet. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, recently, so you were out in Estonia, weren't you, with the parachute regiment? Yeah. So, 
that sounded like an adventure in itself. So how was that? And how was the allotment when you got back? Did, you know, did family and friends help you out with it? Um, talk us through those. So Estonia was brilliant. Um, we went to America for two, two, three weeks. And then we mm. got onto a plane in America, flew all the way to Estonia, jumped out um, parachuted out wow. of the plane on, into Estonia. Um, and then we were in Estonia for a week, two weeks, just in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really good. Um, the experience of flying over continents to jump out of a plane yeah. was something I've never um, done before in my career. So it was it was a, it was an experience to remember, and it'll be an experience I talk about in ten years' time. Yeah, fantastic. The allotment whilst I was away. My wife looked after. She uh, watered it every night and mm-hmm. um, tried to keep on top of the the weeds. However, the amount of rain we had when I first got back, it was almost yeah. blanketed in weeds o- overnight. Mm-hmm. According to my wife, she said I weeded it the, the night before, and two days later, it was the weeds had all shown through. So it comes with rain, though, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, perfect conditions. <laughs> yeah, so it it took me a few days to get it back on track, but it was fine. She's a good egg, my wife. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really great chatting to you. Um, and we will let you get back to your allotment now. Um, I guess after more sun and more rain there's probably more weeds for you to get on top of (laughs) yeah exactly um but yeah thanks um thanks it's been really great chatting to you thank you thank you for having me um and george we're going to speak to danny from envy Hello, Danny. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? Uh, hi, thanks for having me. I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. And um, how are things on your allotment? Oh, really good now the weather's starting to pick up finally. The sun's come out, so it's a lot It's a lot nicer to be up there this month than it was last month. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a May washout. Um, well, you're kindly joining us today to answer some questions that have come in on social media. Um, so we will kick off now with the first one. And this has come in from Sarah via email. And she said, I'm interested in trying foraging for the first time this year, but I'm concerned about correctly identifying things while it's new to me. Do you have any advice? And how did you get started with foraging? Uh, that's a question that I get asked quite a lot is how can I get into foraging? I'm a bit worried um, what plants to pick, um, what to know is poisonous and what is edible. Um, and I always say the best thing to do is get yourself a little pocket book, a little pocket identification book that you can just keep in your bag all the time. And whenever you're going on a walk or you come across a new plant that you're not quite sure of, you can always refer to your book and have a little look um, and try and find out what it is. And I just found that, I I mean, I'm an entirely self-taught forager um, and that's how I've learned to forage myself. If I was unsure on a plant, you know, I'd go back home and I'd look it up and I'd try my best to kind of whittle it down to what it could be in that season, that kind of location. Um, Yeah, and I think it is, for me, it was just a lot of just experience and and going out and... um, looking really closely and observing the plants in throughout all different seasons um 
but yeah definitely get yourself a pocketbook if you're interested in foraging for sure um and it's always best to start out on you know the plants that we're quite um we're quite familiar with ourselves so even looking closely at like plants like dandelions and spotting the differences between the varieties can help you um learn you know your your other kind of plants that are similar yeah um and what was it that um made you want to get into foraging yourself um i think um always since i was little i've been really interested in um like the magic of plants and just how um cool and interesting and different they all are and you know um I think herbalism as a child reading through all of my um, mom's books on um, herbal medicine and and bits like that I think it just made me interested in how plants work and um that these plants were kind of like available to us in hedgerows so as a child I just go out and you know gather gather flower heads and stuff and and dry them in books and and bits like that making perfume out of flowers and stuff like that and I think um yeah just all those little bits kind of uh led me to my little foraging journey that I'm on now (laughs) (laughs) um so question number two comes from Jack via email and he says I will be taking over a new allotment plot this month and I'm keen to be no dig but it's quite overgrown hasn't been cared for in a long time so I feel quite overwhelmed how would you advise on getting started oh firstly that's very exciting to have a new allotment plot um yeah and to Go no dig from straight off is um is really is a really cool way to go. It it, it will definitely help um with a bit of the backbreaking work that that digging plots can can really give you in the first first few months anyway. And um, but I think I think my main um my main tip would be uh just to start little and often. You know um don't try to work too much of the land at once. Uh, when I started my no dig allotment. I would work, um, I would choose a patch at a time and work that patch and I would cover the rest in, you know, cardboard and mulch to kind of suppress the weeds enough um, so you can carry on working on your little patch and get that kind of sorted before expanding. Um, and just collecting as much organic matter as possible is a really good way. Even um, things like raking up all of your leaves and keeping them in a pile, all of your all of your comfrey leaves and your nettles that can all be stored um to pop straight onto your no-dig beds. You don't have to compost all this first, which I think is a, uh, something that people don't realise. You can put the organic matter straight on top of your bed um, and then put the compost on top of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, that actually links into um, our final question, which is also on no-dig and has come in from Maggie56. And she's said that she's transforming her garden into a no-dig garden um, because she's had an operation and can no longer cope with the physical side of digging. Um, so firstly, she's asked, what does she need to know in general about no-dig? And also she says, I understand you need a fair bit of organic matter. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, but like I was saying, it's not just, I think a lot of people think, of switching over to no diggers to be quite an expensive task but um because of the amount of compost that you use and maybe if you don't make that much compost yourself you might have a bit of trouble you know sourcing that much compost it would seem but actually like I said you can use quite a lot of different organic matter like raked up leaves and all of your um weeds and your comfrey and your nettles and even things like your um shrubbery prunings you know and the way of working it is to put your least 
decompose matter at the bottom of the beds and work your way up to the finest soil at the top. So you can use all of your scraps around the garden to build these layers up and your your final bit of good compost you can pop on the top and that's what you would plant straight into and over time all of those layers are going to be breaking down so you know come next season you're going to have a bed full of fine compost and you can do that process all over again yeah yeah um so with the the compost angle of no dig gardening is there anything that you do to keep your garden compost healthy yeah so um i I make a lots of kind of um, compost feeds. So I will use um, a nettle and comfrey feed um, that you, you clip off all the nettles and the comfrey and you let it sit in water for, I don't know, anything up from two, two weeks to a couple of months. Um, and you can use that uh, dilution to feed directly into your compost. And that will, that will feed your compost with nitrogen and um, get all of those microorganisms doing their jobs properly. I have um, I have very heavy clay soil on my allotment, um, so that does require quite a bit of organic matter to to keep on top and you know let the worms come up to break all that up. Um, but yeah, there 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 are there are products and tips and bits that you can do to 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 help your compost get going for sure. Uh, Envy actually do a really good compost probiotic that you can add to your compost, and that just helps speed things up a bit. Um, I'm giving that a go this year, so that's a new one for me to try. So that'd be quite cool to give a go, but it's meant to be good. Yeah, that's great. And um, the website for MV is MV, um, which is envii.co.uk, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today and for answering those answering those reader questions listener questions oh no problem at all thank you for having me on um but we'll we'll let you get back to your allotment now because i know at this time of year there is a lot to do um so thanks for chatting with us and the sun is just starting to poke out as well yeah <laughs> oh, thank you um and blake shall we go and grab george and have a team chat Hi guys. Um, so hello. this week, hello. Uh, this week, I wanted to talk about uh, an amazing project going on in Chinatown in London. So they're sort of turning uh, the main street there, Gerard Street, into a sort of botanical garden. Um, hmm. I saw it in a, in a report oh, cool. in Time Out. So it looks really interesting. It's the garden's going to sort of hover above Gerard Street um, right up until the end of August. So for anyone who's you know nearby, definitely go over and, and have a look at that. Um, it looks really interesting. At the moment, there's uh, just illustrations to sort of give us an idea of what it's going to be. But yeah, it's this this wonderful. They look pretty impressive though. These illustrations, don't they? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, and how is it hovering above? Magic. It's um, a, a mixture of <laughs> magic. <laughs> a mixture yeah, of magic. Mainly yeah. magic and then some sort of wires and hanging baskets as well, but mainly <laughs> magic. Um, nice. Which made me wonder, that like, is great. the magic expensive or not? But, you know, this is something we'll have to look into. Um, but yeah. this made me think, what other iconic landmarks would you like to see turned into gardens um the leaning tower of pisa yes <laughs> oh my gosh yes that would be good i don't know how i'm sure you that could do something so cool good. with that mm, definitely 
And like you could do things like turn Big Ben into a vertical planter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what about some climbers up the Eiffel Tower? Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work. I mean, you could go for sort of the world's tallest grapevine or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be good. Um, so my story uh, is a piece of research that was done by Draper Tools this week um, into whether gardening is cool or not. We think gardening's cool, don't we? Like, I think it's, I think <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yes, yes. gardening's um, so cool. So they uh, surveyed 2,000 people and um, that were 18 to 34 years old, and 83% of them described gardening as cool. So that's a pretty substantial number, wow. I thought. Yeah. Eight in ten people. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and Scientifically cool. That is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you also know by default, because we're talking about gardening, that makes us cool as well. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> um, and what I thought was actually an even more impressive stat was that over half of them said they would rather amble around a garden centre than dance in a nightclub. So 54% would rather go to a garden centre than... Well, I mean, yeah. Can you not dance around a garden centre? Turn the music up loud enough and I'm sure you could. Good point. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, gardening is cool. It's official from these 2,000 people. Yes. Well, I think it's very right. I think gardening is very cool. It's nice to have an official... Nice to have the support of the scientific community. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) definitely uh no but that I mean that's a really good sign that people that have picked up over the last year or so are liking it outside of just having nothing else to do yeah I think anecdotally I'm just finding that so many people I know are interested in gardening of our age and Mm -hmm. our planting especially this spring it's just been like everybody's messages all the time saying like sending photos and stuff people want to show off things that they've grown so um yeah, it's, it's sweeping the nation still a year on. Um, well, if anyone does want to show off what they're growing, hashtag grow with GYO. We'd love to see it. Mm. So, yeah. Um, well, I feel like you two have both talked about really positive and inspiring things. I'm now going to talk about a sad thing. I mean, please insert tiny violin music here. Blake, you are leaving us. This is your last episode of The Dirt. I know. It's so sad. Uh. Um, We're really sad, and I think that The Dirt will be in mourning for some time. <laughs> but I thought it might be nice um, to look back on some of the things that you've enjoyed most on The Dirt and some of the things that we've enjoyed most about you on The Dirt. Because um, obviously, I mean, it's been absolutely an absolute pleasure to do this podcast with you every week it's been really fun and we'll we'll really miss you but there's been so much good stuff to look back on so I guess what I wanted to ask you is have you had any favorite guests favorite moments or anything that sort of stands out to you oh there's been so many um the first thing I feel like I should mention is remember and George this was before you joined us but when I spent the whole of last Mm. year trying to grow a loofah plant and failed miserably (laughs) but talked about it every single week so I'm I'm sure Mm. that people are glad that won't be coming up anymore um no I I would say on that note please can you get in touch with us 
if you manage to grow them this year? I haven't even tried this year. I've given up. Next year. Maybe next yeah, year. Let's yeah. know next year. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've got so many. Yeah, there's been loads of amazing guests that we've had on. I think I remember when we were first sitting in that meeting and saying, maybe we should start a podcast up. And we're like, can we do this? What would we do? What would the format be? And really wanting to create something that stripped away the kind of um, idea that you have to be a perfect gardener. Um, and then mm. once we once we had that and we'd settled on that, I was like, this is going to work. I could just tell that as a format, it was going to be interesting and and striving for perfection, you know, from every guest that we ever have on, nobody is perfect and everybody has stories to say where they've gone wrong. And I think being able to showcase that has just been cool in itself. Yeah. Um, Definitely. You know, so... Uh, yeah, so I also really have loved the fact that from one week to the next, we might have a really seasoned expert who presents a TV gardening show. And then the next week, we'll just have on like, you know, your everyday civilian gardener, like your dad. Yeah. Or So yeah. um, just being able to kind of have both of those things going on at the same time. And, um, and yeah. yeah, it's been really, really cool. But yeah, there's been some proper favourites. I mean, having people like Francis Tophill and Sarah Raven and um, Mark Lane, you know, these like real, uh, Charles Dowding, these real expert gardeners on just chatting to us about gardening fails and stuff. It's been pretty cool. But then <laughs> also, you know, the, yeah. the flip side of having your everyday gardeners, people like Gerald Stratford. And um, when we had Michelle Jones, who... Um, was involved with the local school community and growing there and and yeah. these people that are doing really really great work in their communities so yeah lots of happy mm. memories um, I also think we will miss the updates on your courtyard garden oh yes I so know. yeah you've been our courtyard garden superstar our loofah growing <laughs> Not so much superstar, but you know. <laughs> this year it is all nasturtiums out there. Honestly, it's just like yeah. like a massive mess of foliage of nasturtiums just like <laughs> reaching for the sky. Oh, but, uh, but they're going to be so beautiful. Yes, hopefully. hopefully Are you going to make lots of salads? I already have been. I've been going out and snipping off the odd leaf every now and again and putting it into salads. Mm. But yeah, I, I plan to. Well, we're going to miss you loads. Do you stay in touch you know once once you're part of the dirt you're always part of the dirt yes i'll keep listening it's i can't wait an... to hear the next series and hear who you get on yeah it's been an absolute pleasure and hmm. so on that note i guess george have you got some jobs on the plot for us i have indeed the weather is really heating up at the moment so be sure to keep on top of your watering regime some plants in containers or under cover may need watering more than once per day, so be as attentive as possible. It's a good time to sow fast-growing carrots. However, keep an eye out for carrot root fly. Be especially careful when thinning the seedlings as these will attract the flies. Companion planting alongside an existing onion crop can be a good way to ward off carrot root fly. Your crops aren't the only thing developing quickly on the plot at the moment. Weeds are springing up too. Keep on top of your weeding. Run a hoe gently over the surface in between rows of crops. This stops weeds from taking root. For those in amongst your crops, it's good to get in and pull them out with your hands. Use gloves to avoid nettle stings. 
it's a good time to plant out celery. If you missed the boat for seed sowing, then grab some plants from the garden centre and be sure to water them in well. Good luck with all of your jobs on the plot and happy growing. Thank you for listening to The Dirt in association with Envy. You can find an amazing range of high quality organic feeds, fertilisers and pest control products at envy.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe for free to make sure you never miss an episode of The Dirt. We'd love it if you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to tell all your lovely garden and allotment neighbours where to find us. Plus, as a special treat, we've got an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for the dirt listeners. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash gpod7, that's G-P-O-D and the number 7, or call 0800 904 Seven triple zero, and quote GPod seven to receive seven issues of our magazine Grow Your Own straight to your door for just twenty nine ninety nine. That's eleven ninety four off. Every issue is edited by me and the team and is packed with gardening advice and jobs to tick off your list and a big bonus. Each magazine comes with a selection of free seeds, so you can get growing straight away. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And on a final exciting note, we're on the hunt for podcast guests and the next one could be you or someone you know. If you, a friend or a family member, has some great gardening advice, dirty gardening secrets or funny plot disasters they'd like to share, let us know by emailing thedirt at growfruitandveg.co.uk.